running on the street. There's no race. You're just training or dying if you're me. And somebody runs past you like, you're looking great. I'm like, yeah, I am. Dizwins Radio episode 834 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you. I guess, I guess by me. I guess that's that's kind of the running theme these days. Um, but uh, today's today's official sponsor, the official side of the empire that is sponsoring today's show, is the uh, the the consult call side of things. Which um, I don't know if if now is the right time to to maybe really lean into something like this, or if it's something that that waits a little bit more until life starts to get back to normal. But basically what the consult calls are is a chance for us to just jump on the phone for 20, 30 minutes uh, and kind of work out whatever kind of issues, uncertainties, uh, struggles maybe that, that you're dealing with as it comes to your training. So it could be injury, little niggle type of things, could be how to structure training, uh, especially right now with no races coming up and kind of what what do I do? How do I how do I make sure I'm maintaining a good base but not doing too much, balancing the stress of training with the stress of life and and you know in the middle of uh, you know COVID-19. Um, and maybe now isn't the time. Maybe you want to wait and do it uh, you know maybe maybe a call would be more relevant later into the summer and into the fall when when hopefully races start to uh, to happen again although not for nothing you can have multiple calls so anyway all that to say if jumping on the phone kind of working through something talking it out kind of bouncing some back and forth some hypotheticals picking my brain might be something that would be useful for you the option is available. Just head over to disruns.com slash consultation. That'll take you right there. All the information, costs, sign up, the whole process, the whole nine yards. Um, and I like to think it's pretty reasonable. And hopefully, more often than not, the advice is actually useful. So, um, you know, obviously, it, there's there's variables here, but we can, we can talk through that. And obviously, if you have comments or questions, something that's on your mind before you sign up for it, just let me know. You know, hit me up on social media, hit, send me an email. We'll get it squared away. And if you, if you think it might be wor- be useful for you, let's jump on the phone and chat. Dizruns.com slash consultation. And now let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, as uh, you've probably heard, I signed up for the uh, Run the Year Challenge this year. And, and part of the... the perks of the challenge, I guess, is that uh, we have a, a Facebook group with uh, almost 17,000 other runners that are taking part in the challenge this year. And today's guest is one of those runners. That's where we first connected. I put a post up saying, hey, anybody want to shoot the breeze, talk running a little bit? Since, you know, out of 17,000 people, I figured I'd get a, a few folks that might uh, might be up for it. And she raised her hand. And uh, so even though she's working on running uh, over 2,000 miles this year uh, for much of her life, running wasn't uh, much of an option. And uh, obviously nowadays it's something that she's able to do, even though it's still not easy, but she's found a way to get it done. So uh, obviously there's some story in there, some, some things to get to, and, and we will do that. And without any further ado, it's a pleasure to be able to welcome Ms. Amy Spiegel to the show. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Amy. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And uh, guys, the, the, a, a website uh, that's not necessarily like a, a personal blog or anything like that, but uh, one of the things that Amy's involved with, and we'll, we'll get, I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point down the, down the road as well, or as we go along today, uh, but she's, she's, uh, 
part of an organization or a, a runs a martial arts school. This is a non not nonprofit. Easy for me to say, uh, martial arts school. So if you want to find out more about that, and you're in the northern Michigan area, back in my my homeland, uh, the the if you want to find out more information anywhere, but certainly if you're in the area, you want to check it out. CharlevoixMartialArts.com, and uh, because you know, as we do in Michigan, we we spell things with you know the French. French way of getting around it. Uh, it's not easy to spell, uh, but I'll make sure to have it, the link up in the show notes uh, for C-H-A-R-L-E-V-O-I-X martialarts.com, martialarts.com. But uh, the easy place, you know where to find it, everything in the show notes. Dizruns.com slash 834 is a link to take you back there today. We'll have, we'll have the, the link there. Um, no real social media stuff, but martialarts.com will be linked there. And, and obviously the, you know, the clips from today, what we talked about, uh, Cliff's Notes version, some photos, all that good stuff, disruns.com slash 834. So, Amy, the way we always start off each episode of the show, the way we start each conversation is with a very uh, simple question, um, at least it's simple to ask. Sometimes it's, it's a simple one to answer. Sometimes it's a little bit more, little bit more complicated. But uh, just simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? I am in love with the half marathon distance, 13.1 miles. Um, I love it because that was actually my first race was a half marathon. I was one of those baptism by fire kind of runners. Um, I had a friend who was going through some stuff in her life and she took up running and she didn't want to do it alone. She said, well, if let's go on a trip, let's go out to Vegas and let's run a half marathon. Well, what I heard was let's go out to Vegas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The the ears shut off after that. (laughs) It really kind of did. And so we trained together and, that was phenomenal just because you set aside this time that you had a goal. And so that time became very important. It's like a meeting with your boss and I was the boss. You don't cancel. And we grew our friendship with running together and we did that half marathon. And after that, I had done a couple fulls. I had done an ultra. And what I found is those just wreck your body. I am not a natural runner. (laughs) And if I do that half marathon, I can train without taking away from every other part of my life during the week. Um, it's a distance that afterwards I feel really accomplished, but I also can go out and enjoy time with my friends and my family after I'm not completely dead in the water. Um, and they still give me a medal. So that's cool. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that's my favorite. And that's why. Yeah. Gotcha. That's, and it's, it's uh, probably not a surprise to you, and certainly those that, that listen, that's a pretty common answer because because of a lot of things you said. It doesn't beat you up as much. It's a little bit easier to fit into life and training and, and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, you know, going back to, to that story about your friend asking you to uh, to to go to Vegas and join the uh, join you for a, uh, or join her for a half marathon. Boy, that's uh, that's one of those you know kind of tongue in cheek things. But with friends like that, who needs enemies? Um, but uh, exactly. obviously, obviously, a pretty good friend because it uh, you know you, once you once you realize that there was more to it than just go to Vegas. You kept with it as opposed to, you know, I feel like there's a few, a few friends of mine where, you know, you might hear that first part of the sentence and be like, oh, yeah. But then once you figure out that there was a ne- there was more to it, you know, ah, no, 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 I'll, I'll back out. So um, what was it? What was it like getting into, you know, or uh, back up just a second here um, before we get into kind of that that first training to that experience? Like you mentioned in the intro, uh, running isn't something that's always been a part of your life. And it was something that you kind of could do. You kind of had, had told me that there were some some health issues that you had um uh, when you were younger, and I'd just be curious to kind of get into that as much as you want to. Obviously, we don't have to go too deep if you don't really want to. Sure. But uh, you know, what was what was your childhood, early days like before you started running? Where where running wasn't really even something that was on the table. Well, I grew up um, in a very small town in northern Michigan, um, a little bit more north than where I live right now, and I lived way out in the country. And um, very typical to a northern Michigan small town. There was, you know, you chopped wood, so you had heat and you went hunting for your food. And um, I was never much of a hunter, don't get me wrong, but my dad 
let me come so that way I could help carry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, but I, I was born with the reflexes around my bladder didn't form correctly. And then um, I had what was called a reflux. So you use the restroom as you normally would. But then in my case, it would come back into my body, causing a lot of urinary tract infections, bladder infections, mm-hmm. kidney infections. And unfortunately, um, in my case, it was very hard to diagnose. And so um, beginning part of my years, of course, first of all, you don't realize there's a problem because you're not right. potty training years. We got to potty training years and my parents couldn't figure out why I just wasn't so to speak. Um, It wasn't, and I would be very sick. So one night I was very ill. I'd been up throwing up all all night. They thought I had appendicitis, took me to the hospital. Um, In reference to a small town, the dermatologist by day was the ER doctor by night. (laughs) And um, (laughs) he had me walk. And he said the way that I was walking, he was able to diagnose that I had a kidney problem. Um, It was predicted I was about two weeks away from permanent dialysis. And so um, thanks to medication, uh, just the most wonderful urologist, especially for our area, um, I was able to get a lot of those issues fixed. However, the reflux, although most children grow out of it, it's not completely uncommon. I just never did. So for me, um, I had UTIs or some sort of infection all the time, which meant I was always running fevers. I was always in pain. Um, I couldn't run, jump, skip laugh without having accidents Mm -hmm. um so i just didn't you just don't do those things although you're a kid you still kind of do them but but i really couldn't and then um from there it just kind of led to kind of what you would imagine i was 12 years old and before i had my surgery that would fix it because like i said normally they grow out of it and i just didn't um surgery did fix it so i'm very lucky there but the first 12 years that doesn't really make you the cool kid (laughs) when you're that kid um so i was pretty bullied in school um no fault of the children. They, they just didn't know. And I was a smelly kid in class. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. I would have probably made fun of me too. And so I spent a lot of time on recess hiding. Right. Um, wasn't a part of group activities. Uh, would never get picked for anything. And frankly, I didn't want to be because right. I knew where that was going to wind up for me and in my body. And I didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. The medications I were on made me dehydrated all the time. Um, so yeah, it just you know, I, I turned into a wonderful band geek, however, um, excellent trumpet player, first chair. And, <laughs> you know, um, so I kind of figured that out. But, yeah, no, running was not an option for me. And then um, because of all the infections, my bladder isn't very strong. Mm-hmm. And it was very funny. I have a child. I have a well, he's 18 now, and um, which makes me feel kind of old. But, <laughs> you know, it's OK. <laughs> I can handle it. Um, and it wasn't until after that, and I'm with this group of women who are, who are, of course, talking, oh, I sneezed, oh, I, I had a little tinkle. I'm like, wait, you haven't had that your whole life? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I've been crossing my legs to giggle since I was five. <laughs> and um, again, I feel so blessed because there are options out there that probably didn't exist a long time ago. I was able to have a different surgery, and that truly opened my world to running and just uh, doing whatever it is that felt good. I love to run, jump, play. I am an adult child at this point. Um, and I just feel very lucky for all of those things and what that is. But yes, I was never an athlete. I never ran. I never, um, I did the one half semester or whatever it is you had to do in high school and gym as a requirement as a band geek, I could get away from gym. And of course that was my options. And, um, so yes, running was brand new to me for sure. And, um, as you talked about earlier with the website, I am a martial artist and my running partner that I talked about earlier, she was my martial art partner. And that's mm. how, um, kind of how that came about. And, um, 
And that's how I got into athletics even to begin with was martial arts. And then she's like, oh, let's let's do a run. I'm like, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> Holy cow. You want to talk about a whole different way to get your butt kicked? <laughs> yes. At least you don't have to so worry yeah, about, how, at least you don't have to worry as much, I guess, about people, you know, kicking and punching and, and uh, throwing you in running as you do with martial arts. Although sometimes as the start of a busy race, it, it can be a little bit uh, kind of everybody, everybody for themselves sometimes. Right. I'm pretty good at like getting my areas, you know, picked out. <laughs> so, um, obviously thank you for, for sharing that. I, you know, obviously that's, that's something that, uh, um, you know, I can only imagine how difficult that would be. Like you said, is, as a, as a kid, as, as, you know, kind of having those struggles and, and, you know, just how other kids can be. I mean, that, that obviously had to be, be pretty tough. Um, when you had your, your surgeries, were you, you know, were you still, like in that kind of age range of, of teenage years, or was that more when you were an adult to, to get it fixed? Where, where were you when, when that happened? Mm -hmm. So I was 12 when I had the reflux fixed. And, and the day that that was done um, was a life-changing day for me. I wasn't sick anymore. Yeah. I'd been sick my entire life, and suddenly I just wasn't. Um, but however, the weakness of the bladder and the bladder muscles and um, having had so many infections, it still held me back from doing most anything. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until I was an adult that I was had the surgery that allowed me to kind of be, I guess, normal would be the word. And when it comes to running around and things like that. So gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. When did, when did the martial arts thing start? Was that, was that after the second surgery as well? Or was that something that was, was earlier? Where did, where did you get uh, your foot in that lane, if you will? So that was um, after the surgery. No, I'm sorry. You're, it would be before the surgery. My son was five, and I always had a love for martial arts. Actually, my love first came with gymnastics because they're just so graceful, and I wanted to be graceful. Um, it didn't work out in my life at that time because I was the opposite of graceful when I was a young child. <laughs> but martial artists are pretty graceful people. And so my son turned five, and I happened to find a school in our area that um, allowed children and adults to train together. So it means that I was able to train with my son. And right. how many activities can you do with your five-year-old that either they're lost or you're bored? And here was something we were both challenged at, and I was able to do that with him. And then um, he, him and I actually were able to test second-degree black belt together. Wow. Um, so just to like grow up with him that way, to have that bond was super cool. But that's how I got involved in martial arts was I was put him in class as if it for him when really I just couldn't wait to get on the mat and, and do that and then to do it with him was pretty cool yeah that's that's not only to do it with him you know when he was young but then like you said to grow to grow with him and and you know is as far as with the practice and as he's growing up and still have that you know I I, I can't imagine I'm, I'm sure you're not the only person but I can't imagine that there's a whole lot of of mother-son relationships that through the years have really been blossomed through martial arts as opposed to, you know, other, other areas where they might be having some overlap, but, um, that's, that's a pretty cool trajectory and, and thing that you guys share together. I, and I would still imagine somewhat even, even to this day. We do. Yes. Um, he will occasionally, you know, he's a high schooler senior this year and he will occasionally still help teach, um, lessons with me, although his time frame it just doesn't allow for it anymore. And that's okay. But quite often how we just, um, settle disputes in our house is some sort of grappling martial art <laughs> match. <laughs> I remind him that I have to pay his medical bills still first, so I will let him win. Right. Um, but yeah, we definitely have a great time together and it definitely has drawn us closer. Matter of fact, um, a couple years ago, I decided to run 12 half marathons in a year. It turned out to be in 10 months because again, I live in Northern Michigan. So there's certain times a year there aren't 
available. So I had to do a couple in a couple months. My different running partner who also wanted to do this challenge um, had some struggles that caused her to have to drop out of the challenge, which was understandable. But I still had three left, January, February, March. And my, I said to my son, will you please join me, who has never ran? Mm-hmm. He said, of course, mom. And he ran my last three wow. half marathons each time. He never left my side. I mean, he's a teenage boy. He, he's definitely <laughs> faster. He was a football player. And we just hung around. We made jokes. One time I had to stop and use the restroom on the race. And he said, you know, mom, if you were running hard enough, you wouldn't have to go. So <laughs> clearly you're not. I'm like, wow. And that's how martial art fights break out in my right, house. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, he's a super cool kid. And we bonded through running and we did those three races. It was very cute. Like I said, he was a football player and our races were on Sunday and Monday morning. Everyone's complaining about being tired. And his football coach, who was his history teacher, said, well, what'd you guys do this weekend? Why are you so tired? And my son raised his hand and said, well, I ran a half marathon yesterday. And he's like, yep, he gets to be tired. <laughs> yeah, he, gets, he gets a pass. Everybody else, you don't get to complain. Exactly. So yeah, even through running, we were able to bond. And this all just comes from like that earlier earlier time mm-hmm. that we just, mm-hmm. you know, that's, been together. I also was forced to do football drills. I have been tackled by my <laughs> son. I'm a terrible football player, by the way. He's like, Mom, you're acting like a girl. I'm like, you're hitting me. <laughs> and and I kind of like, am. I don't one, understand. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh goodness. So, um, kind of shifting back to to that first half marathon. Um, had you been into running much at all prior to that, or was it just? I mean, as far as activity goes, pretty much just the the martial arts and and day to day stuff. You know, was that really like the first time of of running? Was training for that race? Yes, that was my first kickoff. Um, I didn't do anything else. And um, we ran, we had to use the treadmill a lot because it was Red Rock Canyon, try to say Mm. that fast or even slow. Um, (laughs) And so that's mainly uphill. So we're like setting this crazy inclines on the treadmills. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to go on vacation. (laughs) Right, right. Yep, but that was my first experience. Was that half marathon? Gotcha. How was how was training for it? Because um, I and I asked that, and I don't know if it's it's the best way to ask the question, but you know, a lot of folks, uh, although I'm kind of in the in the same boat as you, I think, where I signed up for like my first big race was a marathon. I'd done a couple five k's, but like my first <laughs> like real big thing was was a full marathon. Um, but you know, most folks that that quote unquote do it right, you know, they might start with a five k and then they they get into a ten k and maybe they stumble across a ten miler and then they get to a half marathon. Um, obviously, that's not what, what you did. Um, but but I'd say all that to say, you know, when you when you build up over you know the course of months or maybe a couple of years to get to that, you kind of have an idea of what you're getting yourself into and and what you're doing and how to train and how to take care of your body so that you're you're feeling good mm-hmm. and not getting too beat up. Um, for you getting peer pressured into your first really running experience being a half marathon. How did that training process go? Was it, I mean, you didn't know what to expect, but was it fairly smooth sailing? Was it, was it pretty tough? Like how did it, how did it live up to your expectations and and how was your experience? So, um, oddly enough, what I learned about myself is I had some underlining health issues, which only show up when I run. So that makes sense that I would continue to keep going. So um, I have a condition that's very fancy. It's called uh, vasodepressor syndrome. And the very simple words is the higher my heart rate goes, the lower my blood pressure. So eventually my blood pressure just crashes and I pass out, um, which makes running very interesting. Um, And then as I'm running, my friend at the time, my first running partner, she was a doctor. So you feel a little safe running with a doctor. Mm -hmm. 
I started having what could only be described as these really just terrible asthma sounding wheezes and I couldn't catch my breath. And again, because I had never, I mean, martial arts is great. And don't get me wrong, your heart rate definitely gets up. But it's a little different than especially long distance running. Um, matches end within a minute or two. Right. Running is hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just couldn't figure out what was causing this problem with this high-pitched asthmatic sounding um, sound. And so I was seeing my my cardiologist, who actually is a friend of mine, who would eventually turn into a runner, and we'd run some races together. And he said a couple things. He's like, number one, you really you do have this vasodepressor syndrome. So if you would just sit on the couch, you would never be symptomatic. Mm. And I said, well, I'm not going to sit on the couch. <laughs> he's like, okay. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, just monitor. I said, is this harmful? He's like, no, just just monitor your heart rate. Um, so then that's what I do. I run intervals. I um, mm. depending on my mood, but I take time to let my heart rate drop. And I mentioned this little wheezy thing in this, you know kind of in passing, he sent me to, of course, a pulmonologist, and they're like, no, you don't have asthma, we don't know really, but through some research, we also discovered I had this really fancy thing called paradoxal vocal cord dysfunction, which all sounds very intense, but the very simple thing is my vocal cords lay flat, and so it's not that I'm having an asthmatic attack, my vocal cords actually stop the flow of air to my chest. Right. Now, this is very common in females who are athletes, and again, it's this combination of high heart rate and then also actually emotions. So you can imagine on race days, this kicks in constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, my body does not like a high heart rate at all. So I just learned to run intervals and I warn people that I run with that this asthmatic like sound can happen, but don't worry about it. I will be fine. <laughs> it, it might sound like I'm dying, I'll but I'm not out. like, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've had runners stop me like, are you okay? I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> isn't this how I'm supposed to breathe? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, why, why are you breathing so quietly? And I'm, and I'm over here just, yeah. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> You're fine. It just was interesting to learn about myself because these are things that I would have never known right. had I not gotten into running. Right. So, um, wow. So, so, you know, again, and I, you had kind of mentioned a little bit uh, in, in, before we got on the call uh, that, that there were still some struggles, and I thought they might all be related, but but clearly, or I don't know, maybe I, 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 is there any link between some of these these issues and the the um, the, the bladder issues or the, the weak muscles uh, from or is it completely just coincidence? It's really just different. Um, my body is. I joke around, uh, whether you believe in God or not, that God made my, me into the platypus of people, you know, like, you know, here, we're going to give her this issue, but we're going to make her really want to run, but we're not really going to give her the heart that will allow for it, but we're going to get her super excited about this. <laughs> you know, um, I have a lot of like weird little things. So, um, right now I'm dealing with every time I hit mile three, my legs go numb, they like, fall asleep. Wow. Um, you just work through that. And then uh, I have hypoglycemia. You know, I just kind of have a list of weird things that Mm -hmm. running brings out. And I have a lot of people say, well, then why don't you do something else like bike or, you know, anything? And I think that that's a great question. And I think people who run understand why, Mm -hmm. because like running is my time. Mm -hmm. Running is me outside. It's guaranteed. I mean, I get out. I live in northern Michigan. I get out in the winter time, it's freezing outside, but I have miles to get in. Mm -hmm. And it's something that like, it can't be replaced. And it's something that I recognize I'm not going to take first place and I don't have to, I can just get out there and accomplish something that 
when I was a kid, I couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. And these little, these little ailments, they're just things to deal with. So what? There's something that, all right, you just slow down a little bit more. You just take an extra walk break if you need it. Um, I accomplished. And that's a beautiful, beautiful feeling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, definitely one of those things where, you know, you're talking to a bunch of runners and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here nodding my head and I'm sure most people listening are going, yep. Like, you know, we've all had for one reason or another, people ask us, why do you do that? And why don't you, why don't you stop? And why don't you, you know, you're running, you're running too much. You know, that's, that's one of my favorite runs. You just, you just do too much. You're going to, you're going to, you know, injure yourself. You're going to, you're going to, you know, cut your lifestyle short. And, and meanwhile, it's, it's, you know, it's the neighbor across the street who sits outside and chain smokes all day. That tells me that me, me running every morning is bad for my health. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, we just, we, we enjoy it for whatever reason that we all have our own kind of unique reasons, but, uh, um, it's just something that we have to keep doing. And if you, you know, in your case, if you're breathing a little bit hard or you, you know, you, you got this issue or that issue, um, you figure out a way to make it work and and you still get it done and and you keep going. Um, would love to, to kind of move forward along the timeline a little bit and talk about the, the, like you mentioned, the, the multiple 12 half marathons in a year goal. Where did, where did that uh, idea come from? So, um, I have done six half marathons in six months, which I, when I tested for my second degree black belt, um, my, my partner at the time said, well, let's do this too. And that seemed like a great idea. And then fast forward, I actually tested for a third degree black belt and my different running partner said, Hey, I have this goal. I want to run 12 half marathons in a year. Now, what I can appreciate is she was so smart in how she presented it. We were sitting on our floor drinking wine. It was winter. I did not have to train. I could just listen and daydream about the medals and the fun and the laughter that we would share together. So I agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so we plant, we, um, made a huge plan and just dove right in. And so it just came from middle of winter blues in Northern Michigan. Let's daydream about being outside. Gotcha. Gotcha. As, as all good ideas do. And then, and then you, uh, you know, especially for an idea like this, then, then it starts to get real. What, what was, um, how, well, how did it go? I mean, you know, it, was it, was it a challenge to, um, to fit them in? Was it, I mean, I guess kind of you, if you're running a half marathon that consistently, like you kind of just maintain fitness, but from one race to the next, uh, but how did, how did that mm-hmm. play out? What were some of the races you ran? Like how did, how did that, that uh, year of half marathons go for you? So we decided that we wanted to keep them as local as possible because we didn't want to have to travel and invest in hotel and mm-hmm. things like that. So we made that plan and I made a couple like private goals. So one of my goals was to never miss a training session mm-hmm. and because I recognized I could already do the distance. Right. And so that part, I don't want to say wasn't intimidating because you should always push yourself and that's absolutely true. But the miles by themselves wasn't so much as much as like, I don't want to miss a training session. So the first part that I realized was, holy cow, this is a huge commitment. And it was about six, seven months in when I recognized how much this really did take over my life Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to miss a training session. I did have to travel. You had to say no to a lot of social events because you have to get up and run the next day or you're off to a race the next day. Um, I, we ran all over Michigan. I accomplished a very, um, small goal. I had one of those you know, private head goals and I really wanted to take my age group once. Mm. And I looked around at the runners that were with me during a very small half marathon race. And I thought, I, I think I can do this. And I did, I took my age group. 
um, in one of those races. Now, mind you, there was only three other women besides me. It doesn't me. matter. It doesn't matter. You don't, you don't tell that part of the story. You just, you, even if there was only I know, one, right? yeah, I, I won my age group at this race and it was awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so we were, um, I did a lot. I love the run Michigan cheap. If I can just give them a little shout out there, that's an amazing little run. And, um, that was actually where I took my age group. Um, that was down in Midland area, ran up in Marquette, which actually is on my list of races to do again this year. Um, did the ultra marathon up in Marquette. Also, you, if you need get a chance to get up there and run a race, those are beautiful. Sault Ste. Marie, the international bridge. Mm -hmm. That was just a phenomenal little thing. Um, a few in Traverse City. We just jumped all over. And um, some of the challenges I ran into was I was uh, like, well, sometimes I had to run two in a month because, again, we live in northern Michigan. December doesn't actually have any half marathons. And then you kind of want to get them in when you can. Right. That was a bit of a challenge. I am so grateful. I basically ran them all without injury. Um, little sore knees a little bit here, there, wherever, but basically injury free. But right around January, I came down with pneumonia and a sinus infection. And I was still out there running because I had the goal of never missing a training run. And I had this goal. And I was right there. I could taste it. Um, eventually, my husband drug me to the doctor, kicking and screaming almost quite literally. And antibiotics, a few inhalers, and the couch. So it kind of – and there's a part of me that always – like feels a little unaccomplished because this was my goal was to not miss a training run. And again, as I can see your head nodding and I'm sure many other runners, the fact you're sick doesn't stop us <laughs> um, being strapped to the couch. <laughs> um, and I'm a little bummed about that, but it was, it was just a very, very cool experience mm -hmm. to kind of look around. Where can I go run? What can I do different explore different areas of Michigan. Um, cause that really got me outside the trails. I found them. I love a trail run. Mm -hmm. I love the support of a road run. Nothing feels better than when you're running past someone's house and they're cheering on you as you can smell their coffee and their bacon. And you're thinking about your peanut butter sandwich you <laughs> ate for breakfast. Right. Um, <laughs> but the trail run is just you nature and it's a challenge no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it, and so it doesn't matter what your time is for me on a trail run. Like I just did that. That's awesome. <laughs> right. I did the, um, a half marathon trail run in February, the winter trail fest or the WTF. <laughs> that works, um, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. And that's how you felt. Uh huh. Uh huh. That was just, um, this past February, we got to run through a Creek. So in the wintertime, that's a lot of fun. That, yeah. The, yes, <laughs> yeah. So right there, boom. What was your time? I don't know. I ran through a creek right, <laughs> and right. then kept going because the race wasn't done. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't but, much yeah. of a runner growing up when I was still living in in northern Michigan. But I, I can. I was a ho hockey player, um, and we played some outdoor. You could jump on the pond or once in a while, and I can remember several times where you know you're walking out onto the ice, and you know the ice on the edge of the pond isn't quite as as thick as it is in the <laughs> middle or as it needs to be, and you go through that, and that's just that you know that wet foot like is not the most ideal situation. So I can imagine running through a Creek in, in the middle of February and in, in your half marathon is just like, Oh, why couldn't this, like yep. of all the times that you, most time you don't want to come across ice during a run. There would have been one time <laughs> where like, Hey, if this, if this could have been frozen solid, that wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. That would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so shifting, shifting gears again, just a, a little bit here, Amy, to, to what kind of brought us together is the, is the run the year challenge and, and being part of that, that group together. Um, 
you know, a couple of questions on that. A, is this your first time doing it, or have, are you a, are you a seasoned veteran? This is my first year, so I'm still kind of figuring out the ropes a little bit. But uh, what what spurred the the goal of running, you know, 2,020 miles this year? So no, I am a virgin to this right. as well. Um, and you sit down and you think about. I sit down and think about what are my running goals for the year? And it's not necessarily January or New Year's resolution or anything like that. It's what I've accomplished this year. It's time to move on to next. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought, well, it's 2020. Let's see what kind of fun, cool things I can do. And I came across this virtual race, this 2020, and I thought, the medal is super cool. (laughs) And let's face it, there comes a point you're racing for that medal. And I thought, what a cool challenge, because it's going to keep me focused all year. It's not going to be, well, I finished this race and now I can slack off on my miles, which I am guilty of by far. It's, well, no, you're, you're still doing this. It's, it's a year goal. Mm-hmm. And so that's exciting. I love the number, of course, 2020, um, very unique. And it kind of helped me set the mood of, well, what other unique things can I find? And so the WTF race that I just mentioned earlier was on leap year day. Oh. So, right. Yeah. See, you're nodding. Don't, you don't get a chance to do that again for another four years if you wanted to, at least for that, you know, to show up on yes. that day. Yes, exactly. So I just kind of made this like, let's make this a year of unique things. And so that's what inspired me. And then um, I have a friend who is a, a personal trainer and a bodybuilder, and I got her involved in running. Her fiance, soon to be husband, is a runner. And I, mentioned it casually to her she's like oh how do I sign up and so they signed up and so we're doing this as a team and as individuals we're doing it both ways um and what a just amazing supportive group of people and that's one thing I just love about runners anyway Mm -hmm. you'll be running on the street there's no race you're just training or dying if you're me (laughs) and somebody runs past you like you're looking great I'm like yeah I am (laughs) see this flowing hair (laughs) (laughs) And that's what this community really has been. You you know, you log on to, I use Facebook, you log on to Facebook and it's just flooded with, I did my miles today or I'm struggling. Someone inspired me. And, and their, their box comment area is just filled with people like, Hey, you've got this. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. And that's what it feels like to be a part of the running community to me is yes, I'm alone. I'm an individual. I'm out there. It's my job to meet my goals. It's my job to get my miles in. But all I have to do is just check in with a different runner. And they're like, yeah, you can do this. Yeah. How about this? I'm in, you know, Utah. I'll go run three miles. You run it too. And we'll do it together. Right. Um, it's a, just the most beautiful group of people I've ever come across. We're truly, we're all just trying to cross that finish line. And we do it differently. Some of us are just, you know, the gazelles of the group. And we're going to do it in no time. And others are slower. And we're cheering each other on. And again, kind of looping back. You know, I was a bullied child. I I didn't have the greatest childhood in that way. And it made me uncomfortable to be in groups. I didn't, I just didn't know how to like, <laughs> I'm a little socially awkward to say the least. And in the running world, you just, all that's aside. Right. And it feels great to feel that support and to feel that camaraderie that other runners bring each other. And it's, or if you're coming close to the end of the finish line and you watch people because they had their medal on who have already finished who are coming back Mm -hmm. and they're either picking up their friend who's a little slower or they're just picking up another runner um when i when i crossed the line on my first full marathon i had picked up several runners along the way again i'm a slow runner so i'm never in 
I joke around that I like to use the most out of my entrance fees. Right, right. It's not the that I'm slow. I just want to. There you go. Yes, yes. Do you understand? And so um, I was super lucky. I ran my first half marathon in Big Sur, California. And right around mile 10, I came across this ultra marathonist who was struggling. She just like, well, I didn't really train. I thought I was ready. And, and so we just joined. And then from there, we continued to pick up people. And we crossed the line. So, so um, there's no cell service. And remember, I have like weird health issues. I was about two miles away from the finish line. And my phone just started to blow up because I finally hit cell mm. service. And yeah. it was my husband, number one, concerned I was something had gone wrong. And when I reassured him, I'm like, no, I just picked up like five or six people. We're just going a little slower. He's like, well, they're tearing down the finish line. You need to, you need to get here. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'll make it. I've already calculated this out. I've got this. I crossed the line holding hands with five other people who we just supported each other to get across that line. We each had different moments of like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I only had about six minutes to spare. <laughs> I really did kind of push that, but that's okay. Um, and that's what I love about Run the Year 2020 and the support groups that they have offered through Facebook and through other ways, the different virtual races that they've been putting out to mm-hmm. keep us motivated through this time, through this year, the different people like yourself that I, I never would have connected with. I would have never had this moment. Um, and that's what running to me also is all about, is these beautiful connections, this beautiful support group that I've just never seen on any other level. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is pretty cool. And, and, um, you know, one thing that I've kind of feel like is, is a tie that has binded, binded, bound, whatever, a, 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 <laughs> a, a, a theme. Here we go. We'll, we'll use different words so we don't sound like an idiot. A, a theme that has kind of merged <laughs> through this whole thing is kind of some of the, the connections and the friendships, you know, the friends that get you started with running and the friends that you run with and, and, you know, picking up people during a race to, to finish the thing together. And then obviously with, with the, the Facebook group and, and, you know, whether it's run the year, whether it's, you know, other groups that you're in, maybe local groups, things like that. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. And like you said, the, the running community, you know, having some, some struggles with being bullied or, or not feeling like you're always part of the group before. Um, you know, I, I like to, I like to think that, that, uh, the running community is perfect. Of course it's not. There's always a, a, a grumpy, grumpy Gus here and there, but for the <laughs> most part, you know, any running circle that I've been in is, you know, everybody's been welcome from, from day one. And, you know, it's just, you're part of the family, whether you're, you've been running for a day, a week, a month, your entire, entire lifetime. Um, it's, it's just a a welcoming place to be, but, uh, talking about run the year, one other question on that kind of more specifically, um, is, is 2020 miles. Is that a, is that a big jump for you? Is that something that, cause that was something like I had heard about this challenge, I don't know, a few years ago, but it was just like, gosh, like that's so many freaking miles. Like, like I kind of have been, mm-hmm. been building up to like where I think that this year I have a, a chance to get there. But if I, if I heard things correctly, like it kind of came onto your radar and you just, you just signed up for it was, is 20, 20 miles. Is that a, is that a big jump for you? Or is that something mm-hmm. that's, that's within the realm of eh, not too, not too big of a, of a deal? Well, I tend to be an all in kind of person. <laughs> I don't know how to do things just little, <laughs> Um, my husband will joke around that, you know, I started a martial arts class and now I run a school. Mm-hmm. I went to one yoga class and became an instructor and run a studio. Um, somebody said, let's run, run race. I ran a zillion. Um, so when I saw it, yes, I found it very intimidating. And then I broke it down. I'm like, all right, it's six miles a day. I'm supposed to at least move five miles a day or roughly right to get to 10,000 steps. Mm-hmm. That's for me. It's about five miles. 
So, okay, so we're not talking too far outside of what I should do. Do I do it every day? No, but let's just assume I should and I will. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just intimidating enough that I'm like, this will push me. And then with that, I knew that I wanted to train for other races. And I thought, well, that will help my motivation. Um, and I like to be, I like to be a little, little scared of my goals. I, I love that little push. Um, so no, when I signed up, I thought I can do this. It didn't feel outside of what I could do, but I'm like, but I'm excited for the challenge. And I check it. I'm like, how am I doing? Am I getting ice cream today? Or do I need to go <laughs> move my butt today? <laughs> How are you doing so far? As as we're recording this, we're right about at the uh, actually we are exactly on the the last day of March when we're recording here. So we're we're at the quarter pole at this point. So uh, are you are you around the right pace, or do you have a little bit of of catching up to do? Or how how is it going so far in the first three months of the challenge? Mm-hmm. So I was doing very well, and I am a little bit behind in this exact moment. So my husband is a ship captain. He's a Great mm-hmm. Lakes pilot in the shipping industry. He's getting ready to ship out, and so. Between what's going on in our country right now or worldwide, I should probably be more specific. And the fact he's leaving, we've kind of taken advantage of the quarantine and just enjoying spending some time together. So I've fallen a little bit behind on my miles. Um, What I have appreciated, though, is really what this has also taught me. I love to be motivated, as you can tell. I'm definitely motivated by the bling. I love Mm -hmm. the medals. And I've learned that um, as much as I want to say, I just want to get out there and do it. The virtual races have been fantastic. They don't quite push me so hard because there's not a date, not do this by this. And I I like the cheers. I want someone to hand me water. I try to get people to (laughs) hand me water. Now they yell at me about social distancing, you know? Um, so a couple of those things have kind of slowed my miles down. So I'm a little bit behind, but I'm not so far behind that I'm even concerned. Okay. I'm actually looking forward to kind of revamping my energies, refocusing. Um, I signed up for a couple virtual races um, that I'm very excited about. So I'll Good. get there. I'm not Good. worried. <laughs> no, and that's, you know, I think that, that uh, I've, I've kind of, you know, one of the things I've learned uh, throughout this, the, the first three months of this, um, that I'm still kind of, in that, that learning phase, but that it's not always all about being right on track every single day. Like there's ebbs and flows and there's, there's, you know, there's, there's times, whether it's coronavirus related, whether it's life related, whether it's, it's whatever, where, you know, there's some times when maybe you're going to fall, you know, quote unquote, fall below the line a little bit. And then there's going to be times when, um, you know, things are, are lined up a little bit better and you're able to get a few more miles and, and get back above the curve and, and back, you know, like it, it doesn't have to be, I guess, a straight line, of getting your, your five to six miles every single day. Like some days you get zero, some days you get two, some days you get 10. And, and, you know, as, as long as you're being consistent, which is always kind of a theme for mine when it comes to running, uh, consistency over time, you're going to get where you want to be. And, you know, if you end up at 2012 miles, although I think if you're that close, you might just find a way to run eight miles on new year's Eve. But you know, (laughs) if if you come up just a touch short, like whatever, it was still, it was still a good year and you still learned some things and you still got some good running in. And if you wind up at, you know, 2025, when it's all said and done, then, Hey, you hit it out of the park. But, uh, but yeah, where you are on, on March 31st, you know, you don't want to be at mile zero still, hopefully if you're, if you're trying to get to to 2020, but you don't have to be exactly at mile 502 or whatever the the perfect pace is. So anyway, all that to say, um, it's, it's awesome. And from one new, new run the year, uh, person (laughs) to another, 
uh, great, great work so far and, and certainly keep it up. So as we're getting close to, to wrapping up, Amy, I'd love to uh, maybe touch, touch a little bit more on the, on the martial arts school. Um, you know, sure. we, obviously we talked about the role that kind of martial arts has been in your life and time with your, with your son and things like that. But when did it go from something where you were quote unquote, just a student or just a, a member of, <laughs> of the, you know, kind of participating to being something that, that you were running and, and, you, and you're working with this school and then it becomes a nonprofit. Like when, how did that uh, whole situation come about for you? Mm-hmm. So my, my school that, if you will, quote, grew up in, meaning that I went through my, my breaks in, um, had went through some changes and those changes I didn't really agree with. And so I decided, well, hey, I just want to play martial arts. There's a lot of politics in martial arts, just like anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't into the politics of what that school was going towards. So I'm like, I'll, I'll just go over here and just see what happens. And I opened up my doors as a for-profit um, because that's what I knew and just kind of scraped by. And that was fine. Um, I was lucky enough that the school just needed to maintain itself. I didn't need it to put groceries on my table or anything like that. And we just floated by as a for-profit for about a year or so. And then um, all of a sudden, what I noticed was I had a lot of people that, again, it's a small town where it was at or is at. And people would come and be like, well, we don't really have money. I said, oh, okay, well, let me see what I can do. And I was able to find people in the community, my friends, things like that, that said, well, I'll take this family on. I'll, I'll pay their rates. They don't need to worry or think about it. I'm like, oh, that's so generous. That's so sweet. And then. Um, there came a point that I looked at my mat and I realized that everybody who was training wasn't actually paying for their own way. And that's great because I had a full paying mat. I had people who were generous and caring. And um, at one point, the mat completely shifted and I started getting some very underprivileged teenagers, um, kids that were coming to class who hadn't eaten in two days. Mm. And so I just started keeping food and snacks at the school for them. And these kids, I mean, they weren't going to come up with fees for martial arts. These kids were barely keeping their heads above water. And I didn't want to turn them away because this was, I had kids tell me like, this is where I feel safe. This is where I feel like the world makes sense. You yell at us in a way that makes sense. (laughs) Um, You know, um, yes, ma'am. You know, and I just said, it's silly. I I don't, I'm I'm not for profit. My heart isn't into making money. That's not why I I want to be here. And um, I don't want to think about making money. It's not the direction I want the school in. So I contacted a lawyer who is a nonprofit lawyer. She helped me move the for-profit to the nonprofit. And um, everyone who donates, we are a 501c3. So depending on how your taxes work out, Mm -hmm. it is something that will, you know, you can get a letter for that says I donated to this not-for-profit organization. And it was the most beautiful moment um, truly in my martial art career, because I looked at my mat and I knew that everybody could just come train. And I are, um, we deal with a lot of at-risk teenagers and we deal a lot with women who have been through some sort of abuse. Um, I teach women self-defense as most martial artists do. And I had a lot of women who break down and cry, who can't even step on the mat because they have so much fear. Uh, one of my turning points was I had a woman who said their only her goal was to sit into a restaurant with her husband, her husband, who, by the way, had never once hurt her in any way, shape or form. But she had so much anxiety with a trauma that she couldn't go enjoy a restaurant wow. meal with him. She's like, that's all I want to do. And you can't look at someone who's crying, who that's their goal and say, well, by the way, this is my fee per month, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know. 
and, and I say that respectively to all martial artists. Mm-hmm. There's not a martial artist who runs a business that would have looked at her and said, well, if, if you can afford me, right. you can come. Um, it's, it's also a very giving community. Um, but, but I recognize I didn't even want to try anymore. I didn't want to try to collect mat fees. And so we allow everyone to come and train for free. Um, you, you, we do a suggested donation, but it's not even something that we really talk about unless somebody asks. I have some, what I I call them sponsors because that's what I was calling them the whole time. I guess donators is a better word who, who will say, I'll take on this student, this family, um, the nice thing is, is that we do charge for uniforms, which is something you are allowed to do as a not-for-profit because I don't require them to have mm. uniforms. Um, so a lot of times we'll use this money and we'll get kids in uniforms um, because they can't always afford that either. So it's great. I just feel so lucky and so blessed to have this organization, this little school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I, clearly a, a, a wonderful thing that you're doing for for everybody in the area. I mean, you know, the, the, the kids, the, the women, anybody who needs, like, I mean, what, what a, what a cool thing. And, um, you know, I, I, I say this as somebody who's never taken uh, any type of martial arts class at all, but just from what I can gather from, from friends that have, or from folks I've talked to that, you know, were in it as kids or still in it as adults, whatever the case might be. Um, there's so many valuable lessons that can be, can be learned and things that, you know, can, can really help somebody for, the rest of their life from being in those classes and, and just being able to provide that for them is, is a, a pretty cool thing that you're doing, Amy. So, uh, hat tip, you know, digital hat tip to you for, uh, for, for doing the, the work. Uh, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And, and once again, uh, guys, Charlevoix martial arts.com is the website. I'm sure that if they wanted to, if somebody wants to donate that there's information there on the website, Amy, that they can, they can fill that out there and, is. and send a donation. Awesome. Yep. We have a donation button through PayPal. Um, so yes. And again, we'll just take that money and help get a kid in uniform that can't afford it, but they want to get one or just kind of keep the organization going. We're, we're very, very lucky to be able to do this. Yep. Yep. Um, so as we're, as we're officially wrapping up and, and, uh, kind of putting a bow on this thing, we'd love to kind of maybe blend the, blend the worlds a little bit between the martial (laughs) arts side of, of your life and the running side of your life. And uh, I, I kind of ask, uh, at the end of of pretty much every episode, what I call a philosophical question, which sometimes sounds a little scary, but it's really just an open-ended kind of like the introductory (laughs) question, very open-ended. Uh, we'll take it whichever way you want to go with it. And and that's where we'll put a bow on things. But like I said, I'm going to blend, blend the worlds a little bit here. Um, and would be curious Mm -hmm. to, to kind of know from, from your perspective, um, how has, how has martial arts maybe made you a better runner and, or how has running made you better at the art, at the martial arts side of, of your life? So kind of how have those worlds combined for you? Um, thanks for that question. I think it's a great question. And, uh, how they've combined for me is they totally enhance each other. You can't, if you're out running and you're out running for five miles and you ran three miles, you still have to finish that other two. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're doing an out and back where your car is, um, you need to go ahead and get that done. And in martial arts, you definitely need that that energy to, to stick with it. I always joke around with my students because I, I am grateful because of the cardio that running has given me. I can withstand martial arts jumping jacks for <laughs> the end of time. And they get tired and they giggle at me when they're little kids. And I say, you know, the fight ends when you're, when the lion's tired, not you. Mm. And I'm your lion and I never get tired. Um, But that's, that's how I kind of take running. That's how I take martial arts is there's a lot of moments that you can quit. And if you quit people, almost like what you said earlier, well, if you don't get quite 20, 20 miles, 
you did it. You did something. It's like true. But if you push yourself just a little harder, you're going to get that goal. Mm -hmm. And that's really in martial arts and running. That's what it's all about is now it's tough. Can you push just through the toughness and enjoy that sweet reward, that, that ice cream, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And so they, they apply together. They both require you to do something other people don't do, you know, Marathonists are 1% of the population accomplish a marathon. Same thing in martial arts. 1% of the people who start become black belts. Mm. Um, this is not an area that you just show up for when it feels good. In either category, you're running in that rain. You're running in that snow. You're running in the mix of snow and rain. Um, and I just love it. It's like there's something that feels so good about you come in the door and you're soaked, you're tired, you hurt, but you did it. Mm. That's yes, 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 yes. And as per usual, I'm going to try not to talk too much and, and muddy those waters. I think that's a great, great place to wrap up. So thank you, for Amy, for sharing that. Uh, once again, guys, Charlevoix Martial Arts. And if you're not sure how to spell Charlevoix, I'll have it spelled out for you in the show notes. Dizruns.com slash 834. Click over there. Uh, actually, I'll even spell it for you right now, although half of y'all are out on the go right now anyway. You don't have any way to write it down. But C-H-A-R-L-E. V-O-I-X, Martial Arts with an S, dot com. Charlevoixmartialarts.com is the website. If you want to donate, check out what Amy's got going on over there in disruns.com slash 834. Once again, we'll have everything linked up there in the show notes for today's episode. So, uh, Amy, thank you for uh, making the time today. Thanks for uh, sharing a bit of your story. Um, and certainly, uh, I enjoyed it. I, I know that everybody listening enjoyed it. And certainly, we all kind of wish you uh, nothing but the best on, on all sides of your life, on the, the running 2020, uh, the, the martial arts stuff. Keep doing the, the good work that you're doing there. And uh, nothing but the best going forward to you, my lady. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Amy and myself. And uh, as per usual, we'll be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that we talked about today that really kind of was that thing for you? Um, for me, there, there were definitely a few things that uh, could could rate among the uh, the takeaways today. But um, I think inst- instead of maybe picking something that's, that's a bit specific, I'm going to go a bit vague um, and tie it in, of course, with, with what we talked about today. And, and, and the, the tie-in is, you know, Amy doing um, both martial arts and running. And I don't know if surprisingly is probably not the right word, but that's been a... a a pairing that has come up a few times over the course of the, uh, the the years of the show where I've talked to folks that either I knew going in or I had no idea that they were into some type of martial arts and, and just how you know how Amy has really found that that one helps the other and, and vice versa and so so my takeaway is not that we should all go out and start uh, a martial arts uh, training if you want to go ahead of course by all means you know I'm not telling you not to. But uh, my, my takeaway is that sometimes things that seem like they're not exactly copacetic, that they don't work, that they wouldn't on the surface maybe work real well together, there's, there's certainly instances, plenty of instances, where having some diverse hobbies, skill sets, training methods, whatever the, the case might be, can be very complementary to each other. So, you know, just thinking in terms of, of running, you know, and, and some of the things that maybe I talk about borderline on too much, but, you know, strength training and yoga and sleeping and, and yada, 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 all those things that are beneficial to us as runners may not on the surface seem like 
you know, holding a, a downward dog position is going to help you as a runner, but it will. And, and maybe even going beyond some of those things that, that I talk about regularly, but some other areas of your life, some other interests, passions, hobbies, skill sets that, that I would, I would imagine if we stop and think about it for a second, might very well relate to our running and help us improve our overall health, overall fitness, which of course then helps, uh, helps us to improve our, our running health and running fitness as well. So I'm not going to rattle off a, a dozen different ideas, but you know, just a couple off the top of my head, you know, cooking skills, uh, meditation stuff. Um, and, and who knows what else, but I'm just, you know, after talking to Amy, just kind of my head spin a little bit on some of those, those things that maybe I don't always think of. Maybe it's working in the, in the garden. What's the tie in there? Well, it helps me to relax. It helps me get outside. Um, helps me kind of connect with, with the earth again, you know, as, as you can get as hippy dippy as you want to on some of these things, but do those things make me a better runner directly? Eh, probably not. But is there some type of tie-in, some type of relationship? Yeah, probably. Probably. It makes me. It, it helps me just feel better, relax, calm down, de-stress as a person. So there's going to be some trickle over, right? And so, um, I, I guess that's that. Somehow, somewhere in all of that is my takeaway that all those different things that we do, those different passions we have, projects that we work on, things that we have learned over the years. Um, all pay off, all pay off in all areas of our life, running certainly being one of them. So, you know, don't feel like everything has to be all running all the time. Maybe that's what I, maybe that's a, a, a message that I convey a bit too much, especially with the little things and making them work and making them be part of like get them in when you can, but don't be afraid to just read once in a while or learn how to make something new in the kitchen or grow something outside or whatever the case might be, because those things help. Those things help make you a better, well-rounded person which uh, help make us, I think all of us, better, well-rounded runners as well. So I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but that's kind of the, one of the, the, the cool things about the takeaways is that they don't have to make sense to everybody else as long as it makes sense to, to the person having it. So as long as that one made sense to me, which it does on some level, hey, we're good. And whatever your takeaways are, they may not make sense to anybody else, but as long as they make sense to you, that's all that matters. And if you're willing to share your takeaway, I would love to hear it at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram, of course, you can also send an email, disruns at gmail.com, and you can head back to the show notes for today, which you can get to at disruns.com slash 834. And uh, down there in the comments section, you can leave your comments, thoughts, feedbacks, takeaways there as well. Um, so that is about the spot where we're going to you know, stick a stick the fork in this one and, and call this one a day. Uh, one last time, just in case you're interested uh, and jumping on the phone and, and working through something running related. Uh, I'm, I'm available to do that. We can, we can schedule a call and make it happen. We can do it anywhere in the world because we can use Skype. We can use Zoom. We can use, you know, internet softwares. And of course, if you're here in the States, we can jump on the phone as well. Uh, whatever works best for you. Uh, disruns.com slash consultation is the link. And uh, everything, all the details, information should be right there. Any questions or concerns before you uh, get that process going or when you're in that process, let me know. We'll get it cleared away. But disruns.com slash consultation. If I can help you through something running related, happy to do it. And with that, we'll go ahead and uh, officially put the fork in this one. Uh, Y'all, thank you for listening. Thanks for the support. Thanks for for spreading the word. You know, right now, thinking that, uh, you know, most of the group runs are not really happening. Maybe I can, I can join you on your run and maybe you can, you know, if you're so in, inclined, tell a friend about the show. Maybe I can, I can join your friends uh, on their runs as well 
and uh, we can just kind of continue to, to grow this thing even in the midst of uh, the storm that we are in right now. Uh, but if you like this episode, it always helps to tell a friend. Uh, if not for me, it helps them. Help they, they might get something out of it. And that's uh, that's what we're all about here anyways, helping each other along as we go. So, uh, y'all, thank you for listening. Have a good rest of your day. And until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you guys.